and welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show podcast. It's been a little while, it's been, we've had Christmas and New Year's and we've been very, very busy. But this entire season we're talking about the Camino de Santiago and the beautiful people I met along the way. And here's somebody I've not seen for a very long time. Hello Tess, how are you? I'm you, I'm really well, thank you. All the way from, where are you right now? Uh, Southwest Sydney. Wow. Sweltering in the summer heat. Yeah, but you're not from there originally, are you? No, no. Born in the UK and been here for 40-something 40, 40 years. Yeah. And, and are you still loving loving Australia? You still loving Australia? Very much so. Excellent. Well, I'm sat yeah. here with a nice cup of coffee and you, uh, in, I've got snow outside and you have a beer. I do. It's, <laughs> it's beer o'clock here in the evening. Excellent. Yes, we've, been, we've had some issues with them um, timing, have we not? <laughs> we have. So let's crack on with the show. Why did you decide to do the Camino? Uh, well, it was something I thought about for a number of years. And then I went over in 2017 with two of my sisters and um, I was still working then and didn't ha- really have enough time to do it all. Had to miss parts out. And it was it was just it was great, but it wasn't quite what I was expecting for me personally, because I had to um accommodate my sisters um and that had its own challenges so mm. i decided that when i retired which i did it just at the start of covid that when i was able to i'd go back and i would just do things in very selfishly in the way that i wanted to do them and that's what i did and as a result i met absolutely amazing people including yourself oh. And uh, but I was able to just set my own agenda and um, stay where I wanted to stay and mm. walk as far as I could walk, and I didn't have to. Um, I didn't have to take anybody else's feelings <laughs> into consideration, which was very selfish, but really very, very good for me. Well, I don't think that's selfish at all. I think it's um, you're benefiting other people by doing what you need to do, and you can come back and be entirely yourself, and then you yeah. can be you for them but you have to do you have to you you have to do you first so it's not selfish well done you do do. and I think in 2017 it became much more of a um treading on eggshells and trying to keep things harmonious Hmm. whereas this last time I had really time to indulge myself and um, that was great yeah makes all the difference and where did you start from Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port. So I arrived in Paris on a Friday evening and I flew on the Saturday morning, stayed overnight at the the airport, flew down to Biarritz on the Saturday morning uh, early and then shuttle transferred to Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, got there at 20 to 12 and started walking at midday. (laughs) Wow. So we started walking on the same day. Well, I just figured if I was going to be jet lagged, I might as well be moving and just do a short day which I did it was um about eight and a half kilometers yeah um almost vertical as you would recall and um I thought if I can just do that in that afternoon then um I've taken a bit of a chunk out of the next day but also um hopefully get some sleep and you know tire my body out (laughs) yeah and that was didn't really work, but yeah, me neither. So, did you stop in Orison? Was it 
Did, was that no, one? Uh, just past ours. It's in that place called Border. It's oh, a new yeah. Irish, uh, about 700 metres past Orison. So uh-huh. it was lovely. It was one. It was in my top five places to stay out of the whole six weeks I was walking. Oh, excellent. Because yeah. I, d- I did see somewhere else just past Orison. Um, yeah. yeah. So what was what's so good about it? It, what was good was Laurent, who uh, owns the place. He bought it as a it was an old farm. He bought it just prior to COVID. During COVID lockdown, he did all the renovation work and opened in I think twenty. It been open about a year when I went, and um, he did everything. He came out of hospitality, so he was the chef, he cleaned, he was the meet and greeter, looked after the bookings and the money, and it was just his whole enterprise. But he's also walked the Camino. Um, and in the off-season, this is what he's doing now, he's, I think, walking on the Norte. Oh, wow. Norte. Um, I don't know if he's going to walk the whole thing through the winter, but that was that's his thing. It's what motivates him. And uh, he was just beautiful person he got it set up oh it was just like really nice accommodation mm. and um food was great and the company was great and incredible was, so yeah, you've kept in touch with the hospitalero yeah i did i he asked me gave me a free beer and said i'd do him a review and i said well you don't have to give me a free beer for me to do a review and i did on facebook but also there's a Australian um, pilgrim groups here in Australia for the Camino, and I also sang his praises to them as well. Excellent. Um, just don't want the place to get too popular. Because <laughs> you're, you're going back, aren't you? I am going back in September this year. Ah, I'm um, jealous. I've, booked, I've booked that night already. Yeah. Same, same deal. Brilliant. It's, it's an odd thing because I did. I kind of came, went to it myself, kind of going, "I'm only going to do it once," and now yeah. I'm just going. I already miss I miss my Camino family and, and and I kind of miss my body aching. It's a really strange sensation. Yeah. It's a really odd thing. So and I'm trying to walk at home, but it's not the yeah. same. It's just not the same. So no. and you, so you started in Saint Jean, and where did you end? I finished at San, at Santiago de Compostela. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. I allowed myself six weeks, and I ended up using the whole six weeks. I I think towards the end I could have. Um, probably got there a bit sooner, but um, I'd arranged with my youngest son, who was in um, he was in France, to come down and walk in with me on the last day. So we'd had to he'd had to make flight bookings, and mm. so we worked around that. Um, and um, also, I really just didn't want it to end, so I was quite happy to slow down in that last week and do shorter days. Yeah, uh, because I was already recognizing that. I didn't actually want it to finish, and uh, so it was. It was, um, yeah, yeah. Mixed feelings when you finish, as you know, your your body's saying, "Oh, yeah, I haven't got to get up and do this tomorrow," but your body's saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't got to get up and do this tomorrow." So it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is quite a yeah. All the time I was walking, when I got to really hard parts. Uh, some of the really um, steep, steep sections, which I'm not very good at. And um, I would say to myself, you don't have to do this ever again. Mm. Yeah. It's you absolutely. Don't have to, but you want to. It's very, very odd. Um, yeah, so that was a challenge. What was the most difficult thing about it for you? Uh, 
I don't know. I think this time it was it was a real. Uh, there were lots of really good achievements in 2017. There were things I wanted to succeed at that I didn't, and this time I succeeded at them. So there were some really positive things. I mean, I'm still really crap on hills, walking up hills. I, you know, I can walk. I got to the stage where I was walking really quite quickly at the end on flats and downhills, but yes, we couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> good. <laughs> You're very generous. Um, but I remember one of our Camino friends, Reka, and she said to me when we were walking into Saria, she said, you walk really quite quickly, don't you? I said, yeah, but just put a hill around that corner and it'll all change. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know, it's just me. But, um, yeah, but that was okay because they they were challenges. But But then as you achieved each challenge, it was – it was just like, oh, my God, that's just so good. Um, that feeling of accomplishment was was really, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it, it, it's hard. It's all hard. I mean, yeah. you know, you, well, you just, I guess, roll with it. But there were some days I think, oh, my gosh, I, it's raining so hard. I wouldn't walk out my front door even into the car on a day like this. And here I yeah. am putting the poncho on and off I'm going to go walking, you know, 20 odd kilometers in absolutely torrential rain but you just get up and do it absolutely that's that sounds like galicia <laughs> well, it, what, yeah. yes, yes. towards the end yes. the urinal of spain even before that few days before galicia i think after Ponferrada, that's when the heavens opened for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i walked into one town trabadello and i was staying the night there at a, another one of my top five uh, albergues and um uh, anyway i i walked into the village with rowena mm-hmm. she just and i just happened to catch up by chance again and it just the rain just stopped as we walked into the village the rain stopped and the sun tried to come out and it had been absolutely torrential rain i mean everything was wet inside of my shoes everything mm-hmm. and i remember just looking up at the sky and shouting at the sky now you come out you know, where were you a, yeah. a couple of years ago? And I'm shouting at the sun. I had a very similar <laughs> moment. Really by it. Yeah. it was just like, she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> no, I had a couple of those moments myself. There was one point I hadn't Ellie broke one of my walking poles. I was so angry that I had smashed it yeah. against a lamppost. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, I've had enough of this rain. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah. yeah. Like a shower, yes. Even if it's drizzling on and off yeah. all day, but it's like it's it was serious. torrential, wasn't it? It was just wouldn't stop. Yeah. And um, yeah. so the the thing I mostly struggled with myself because I have problems with sleep because of my attention deficit disorder stuff um, was the albergues because I'm so sensitive to noise and like no matter yeah. how much how many masks or earplugs I put in, it would just. Yeah. Um, did that bother you at all the sleeping conditions um a little bit you know um you know it's it's not just the snores the snores can actually can you know and i probably do the same myself mm. anyway but you can just um if it's rhythmical you can just see a music in it but it's the snuffling and the and the bodily noises that come <laughs> out of all the orifices um and it's 
it, it's just those inconsistent sounds that I think kept me awake more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't like going to sleep with the earphones in. I used to listen to my music to sort of get me ready to go to sleep. And I just have quiet time lying down with uh, listening to some nice tunes. But um, but I don't know. I just kind of uh, got used to it, I suppose. Um, got used to perhaps having broken sleep and um, not enough sleep. And I try often to get somewhere in an afternoon where I could lie down and maybe have a doze, have a little Spanish siesta yeah. uh, in the afternoon um, in amongst people coming and going in the room. But it, that was a different kind of noise as well. But uh, the last hundred kilometers when it's particularly busy, uh, when you get sort of the tourist pilgrims, which yeah. I shouldn't call them that because they're doing their own pilgrimage, but they do walk along, as you might recall, in great big groups and they're very noisy. Yes, and they, they were are. very noisy. And the one albergue I stayed in, in that last section, they were so noisy. It was like party central. And I just thought, no, nah, I'm going to do own room from here on in because I'd done all the hard yards with with the albergues. And, and for me, it was being on my own. Staying in albergues was great. I tried to stay where they had a communal dinner and I could get to know uh, people that were staying there. So that all became, you know, part of the community um, uh, aspect of the Camino for me. But um, that last hundred, I I was over that then because it was, they, they were not considerate of other pilgrims in the same way as what I'd experienced before then. Yeah, well, I think it must be very hard to relate to the people who've done the other 400 miles yeah. or whatever it is beforehand. And then they yeah. come go, yeah, we're, off, we're going for the biggest, longest walk of my life. I'm like, and everybody yeah. else who's already got that point of like, shut up. We've just walked yeah. 400 miles. Just, 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 yeah. please just go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, on that first day from Saria, which is the, the last hundred, um, and where so many people join in, I think I was walking up a hill because, you know, and as already said, I'm uh, not terribly fast going up hills, but I know how to do it. It's mm. best for me. And I stop and take little, small little breathers. And somebody came past and said, don't give up. You'll get there. And I thought, what? and he was there in his brand new shiny gear. Mm. And I thought, well, you know, okay, I'm not going to tell you that I've already walked 700 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you've walked three. <laughs> you don't understand the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it, ironically, later on that morning, I walked past him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like saying, don't give up. You'll yeah. get there. <laughs> But you I should have. have. I should have done so, it. So what are your what are your some of your favorite memories? Oh, the people. Well, I mean, all of it. The sunrises. Mm-hmm. Definitely the most amazing sunrises. I I actually chose to get up early most mornings so that I could experience the sunrise, quiet, peaceful, um, beautiful colours, the clouds in amongst it. It I've mm. got some amazing photos. Um, so that and the scenery overall is just spectacular. So diverse from the Pyrenees Mountains to the plains of the Meseta to, to the hills of Galicia in the rain. Mm. Uh, but it was all just wonderful. But the other big part is the people I met along yeah. the way. Um, just the most wonderful people and um, 
um it it was just yeah that's a big draw card to go back it'll be a different group of people mm. but that's okay too i mean i i liked walking by myself but i really liked to be amongst um other pilgrims when i rested and and at the end of the day and that was really a good thing for me yeah i met some of the best people that i've ever met in my entire life and yeah. Yeah, don't know why I got on so well with Germans and Australians. <laughs> it was like out of everybody in the world, it was just it was very odd. I know. Yeah, well, you had a lot to do more so in, with Germans than I did. I mean, Andre mm. was probably the main German I met, but then uh, there were some lovely Americans that I met, um, Irishmen, mm. um, and then the Professor Pedro. Oh yes, um, Professor Pedro, who I heard Williams. from at Christmas. Oh, good. Um, he sent a Christmas greeting, which was lovely. Um, lots of Brits, um, many Europeans. It was just, um, and the kindness and sense of community of those people. Um, an example is, I don't know if you can recall, I'm sure you can, because I probably told everybody that I knew. I got badly bitten by bedbugs in Syria. Mm, yeah. One bed I stayed in for weeks and I got... Um, that was my husband walking through. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, and they came up all down my arms and across my face. I had swollen eyes. It was just terrible. And the next day I didn't realise how, I thought it was mosquitoes, and the next day I, it wasn't too bad. But then when I had a shower at the end of the day, I realised just how bad they were. And the following day, and I had a terrible night's sleep. They were itching and it was just bad. But the next day I met... Rowena mm -hmm. by chance and she gave me some antihistamines and then I met this French lady Anna uh, who I'd seen once before and she just emptied her pack out and gave me just about everything medicinal she had including you know alcohol wipes and I mean people just did this for people that they mm. didn't really know um I mean I didn't know her name Anna until that moment and I never saw her again um, it was just. Um, it's not thing they do say the Camino provides. They do, but without asking. I mean, I wasn't asking. I was. Um, he's just yeah. he's measuring out the last of the wine over there. My husband. <laughs> Very nice. He's just Good. checking that they're equal. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So now we've got some Rioja. <laughs> but the husband provides as well. Hello. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is what retirement does for us. I got to finish my business. So the, well, they said that the Camino provides, but it, uh, they also say it gives you what you need, not exactly what you want. Yeah, but and, and that's what I exact exactly. I, it's what I needed, hmm. and um, it was it was just like you know you're shaking your head afterwards, thinking. These people, uh, and then ironically, the next day I was walking past somebody and she was sitting there, a young girl, and she had her boot off and she was looking at her feet and she had things out of her pattern. So I was able to stop and ask her if there's anything I could do to help her because I've now got all these compedes left that I mm. didn't need, and things like that. And anyway, so I was able to share back. So it's like that pay it forward sort of uh, thing. But I mean, I didn't do it. Consciously, it was just happened to be that somebody I could help along the way was there. And um, that was really nice. It was nice to feel 
that I could give something back to somebody. Yeah. Uh, people have been so kind to me. Um, yeah, so it was great. There's also like there's moments there's, we stayed in a like a was it a nunnery or a, it's a churchy type place. Uh, oh, but, in Sahagun. Yeah, and that was. I'm going uh, back there. That was amazing. That was incredible. So was. we've got something because uh, uh, my my journey for me was very was spiritual, and I wanted to go and do the thing to um, yeah. to help heal some stuff from the past. And but that was one moment which I thought was very healing, and you were very giving in that moment of um, what you yeah. were there for when we we got together with a priest and everybody yeah. talked about why they were there, and it was a that was a, a wonderful moment. Um, it was very profound, yeah. Hmm. I think he was particularly moved because these groups, they run every day, but I don't think people open up in quite, <laughs> he was quite astounded by how our group, who some of us did know each other, but we didn't all know each other, and everybody just shared yeah, um, very quickly without any prompting, and I think it took him aback hmm. quite a lot. I think that you can get into a sort of a, a rhythm of an energy, for want, for want of a better word, and you m meet people who are on, on a similar sort of level, which kind of, and you go, okay, I can, I can trust you to open. There's only, there's only two people in that room. Well, one, one woman in that room, who, and she came in yeah. late, and uh, yeah. and I was like, you don't you get what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like here, I'm, yeah, I'm here, <laughs> here to feed the animals. <laughs> no, it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Sorry, but you're but not. Her daughter got it. Her daughter, yeah, she did. Actually, was able. She, she, I met them a few times, and she shared a whole lot of stuff that yeah. I'd not heard from her before. So she was obviously felt immediately empowered to to yeah. talk about her um, her reasons for being there. Um, but yeah, that was <laughs> it. Was one of those um, moments I felt very awkward for her. I did as well. Yeah, I did as well. Later on, she realised that actually we were in quite a deep space at that time, yeah. and yeah. So, so but, was it a, um, a religious journey for you, a spiritual journey? Yeah, or? yeah, very much so. That and uh, well, I suppose differentiating between religious and spiritual. Mm. Um, but yeah, you look. Uh, I suppose you're looking for those moments and Sahagun, that place was definitely one of those. Um, just the whole ambience of the place um, from uh, the arrival and the meet and greet and the way that Daniel, brother Daniel, mm -hmm. yeah. welcomed us um, to um, that sharing moment over a cup of coffee and then going to the mass uh, it was just the whole experience there was quite, it was very gentle, but it was very moving. And um, um, and then there was a lighthearted moment because I could do my laundry there and he would come, he brought the laundry stuff down. He, you gave mm. him the money. You didn't put it into a, into the machine. Yeah. And he walked down to the laundry with a bottle of detergent in one hand and fabric softener in the other. And he looked like he was packing guns or something, the way he was walking <laughs> with these two bottles. And when he offered me the fabric softener, I thought I was going to cry because I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have beautiful smelling clothes. <laughs> yeah, excellent. After five or six days of not really washing or just hand washing things. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it was just those whole moments of, ah, uh, that it was just a gentleness there that was just, um, mm. I hadn't 
um, it was different to anywhere else I'd stayed. Mm -hmm. There were some other really good places I stayed at, but that was some one of the special ones. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm going back there again. Excellent. However, I'm, even yeah. if I only had to walk 10 kilometers that day, I should be staying. <laughs> well, give them my love. Um, I will. Did you, so did you go to the Camino with um, religious beliefs before then? Yeah, yeah, very much so. When I went in 2017, um, it was June, and um, uh, the week before I flew out, I had become a Catholic. Mm -hmm. So wow. I was born to the Church of England, and um, my family here, my husband and children are all Catholic. Um, I got married in a Catholic church. It wasn't something I was necessarily planning on doing at that stage. I thought a beach would be nice, but <laughs> anyway, that's what we ended up doing. Um, and then all through our married life, I took the children for their sacraments and because Mark, his hours, working hours didn't really allow for that well. And listened to the priest telling me all about mortal sin if you come up and take Holy Communion in a catholic church and you're not catholic and if my children were to go and take holy communion in a non-catholic church in the uk then mm -hmm. that was a mortal sin so i had to listen and endure all this stuff so it colored my um feelings about things but then i went to work later on in my career at a catholic girls school and it was quite um um what, what would I say? They, they were um, people there that definitely were Catholics, but they were very liberal mm -hmm. Catholics. They embraced everybody. Uh, many on the staff weren't Catholic. Many in the student population weren't Catholic. Um, but that didn't matter. All were welcome. And I remember one of the sisters that was attached to the school saying when they had a, a mass, and I said, oh, it's a shame I can't go up and take him in. She said, of course you can. Of course you can. And she said, if, if you're hungry for, for to participate, then you should be there. So it, it was a very eye-opening um, way. And, um, I mean, I suppose, uh, you know, some might say I was indoctrinated over the years, but it definitely felt that it, it could be part of my life. And I had been, hadn't really found anywhere that I wanted to go to church here, even though I was very churched when I was raised. Mm in England um and uh, so it, eventually I came to the decision that I would become Catholic so I could participate in um mm. in religion religious yeah. experiences here and um so I did it it was on um um a very yeah just the week before I flew out in 2017 so that's five wow. years yeah six years ago this year yeah and then, um, and at that, at coming to that point, I saw you in Santiago straight after in the in the church, uh, in the cathedral. Sorry, um, and you you saw that I was upset because I I, I couldn't I couldn't take mass, um, because of my stance as a as an out homosexual man uh, within the Catholic well, Church, and that's what yeah. And then, but I met Father James, um, yeah. who's Church of Ireland, and he and he yeah. was basically the other side of things. He was kind of like, look, if you come to my church and you don't take communion, I will be offended. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's 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 a bit from for me if I want to bring, yeah. bring people into believing in in something and something which I was brought up with and yeah. all the, all the, all the feelings around that. That's for me was the way to do it. Other than saying, there are some there are some very liberal um, Catholics, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. um, who 
do do not follow the papal doctrines. Mm. And um, I think the Rome has um, a long way to go. Um, you know, women priests are going to be. I mean, my sister is a Church of England yeah. priest. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, but James, who you're referring to, our Irish friend, yes. he was raised as a Catholic and then became Church of Ireland. So he's done things the opposite way to wow. me. Wow, excellent. Um, and so it just means that the, the door is always open mm-hmm. for for you to embrace whatever feels right for you at the time, I think. Um, but when I go to the UK, I take communion. Yeah, I don't listen to what past priests have told me. Um, you know that I'm—it's uh, mortal sin because I don't believe that. It's what's in your heart is yep. what should happen, not what somebody is decreed. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's and, just my thoughts. <laughs> and one last question, because we've got—I haven't got much longer left on this. Um, so, did the what, did the communal change you at all? Oh, always. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, it certainly gave me a lot more confidence in me as a person not just physically but i mean i've never been a shrinking violet but i think um the confidence to be able to get up each morning and know that i was going to get where i was going to get by the end of the day and i don't just mean physically but also um spiritually emotionally oh my goodness i mean i was just an emotional basket case a lot (laughs) of the time i would just dissolve into tears at the slightest thing but it wasn't tears of grief or pain they were actually very emotional good tears like Mm. um so there have been a few things going on with my UK family over the past three or four years and um you know some of whom are not talking to me and probably never will again and so that was um that was something I needed to have time to work through and accept that that's just how it's going to be and not keep trying to make build bridges where they're not going to be welcome so that was the one word i got from the entire comedian was acceptance the one word that all kept coming back to me again and again and again yeah yeah and i don't know what this year will bring um it'll be a different experience again i'm going to try to stay apart from my favorite places i'm going to mm. try and stay um in as many different new places as i can i mean and not just albergues but towns yeah to just to broaden the make it just as rich an experience so excellent well i hope you have as much fun this time as you did last time well i don't know i think that's a bit of a risk yeah because it's it was just so good um, it was astonishing from the day i met you when you walked along that path and i can remember it was after quinta lorena going to manuru and we were walking along this pathway and there's this person up ahead up ahead i think you must have been but you were slowing down and you were twirling your poles <laughs> like batons and you were singing out loud and i just thought oh my goodness this person is just so happy with with everything and um and I thought that's a really good space to be in. And then you turned around and I saw your Mo and your and I thought, I'm not gonna forget this person. And then we just kept crossing paths constantly yep. after that. And it was just great. And you became part of the family. We did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I think Debbie couldn't quite understand that I like really did like walking by myself most of the time. I just felt that that <laughs> not because I wasn't being sociable, but because I just needed to walk to my 
beat, if yeah, you like. Absolutely. And um, but I really liked being with everybody at the end of the day. Oh, me too. So there's no type. That's why I really got on so well with Andrea, and the fact that it was, we didn't even really need to talk about that. But I think we had a, a very early conversation where I was just like. Sometimes I might need to walk on my own. He's like, me too. And I'm like, cool. Right, cool, that's it. And we kind of just yeah. got, got that with each other. Um, yeah. But it's been, it's been wonderful catching up. And thank you so much for being on Likewise. the podcast. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. I look forward to... <laughs> to it'll, be up, it'll be up very soon. Oh, will it? Okay. So, but I've got to go and do. I've got to go and do Patrick now. Okay. <laughs> but for anybody well, listening at home, they're going to find this weird because his is going to be on first. So, because <laughs> okay. because he, he's got an album coming out, so uh, I need to try and help oh, right. about the Camino on the twenty first of January. Right. So, it's been wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And buen Camino. <laughs> Take care. Yes, and buen Camino to you. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Bye.